This is episode number 83. I am not a victim with Pamela Campbell. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we jump into today's episode, I would like to make a brief shout out to our review of the week, which comes from Jodana. Oleg has brought together so many distinct voices, all of them who have overcome great odds to the strengths they are today. Their wisdom and guidance is priceless and worth listening to. We each are each other's teachers. No two experiences are the same. Kudos for bringing those stories to the world and being a shining light. Thank you so much, Jodana, for the amazing review. If you want to be featured on Review of the Week, go ahead and leave us one on iTunes when you get a chance. Now, let's get back to our guest. This week's episode features Pamela Campbell, life coach, motivational speaker, and author. Her mission in life is to support individuals who feel stuck in their current life situation and who are eager to make a change. She helps them define where they are looking to go and helps them create a new narrative for their lives so they can step into new possibilities. Without further ado, please welcome Pamela Campbell. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Ads podcast. Today's guest is a friend of mine. Her name is Pamela Campbell. She's a life coach, public speaker, foster care advocate who's passionate about creating change in this world. Pamela, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for connecting and spending the brief 30 to 45 minutes before that we had on the fo- on the phone learning more about each other's journeys and you know what really interested me about your particular story is the way that you've been able to reframe a lot of the traumatic experiences that have happened in your life and look at it from a very different point of view not from the point of view well this these things happen and therefore they define me but more so they happen but how do I reframe them and use them as tools and lessons learned to help me propel forward so the way that I envision starting off this particular episode is I wanted you to begin by sharing your story as far back as you can remember, and throughout it, we'll be able to kind of dissect different elements of it and how you were able to use this mindset of reframing certain experiences to help you become the person that you are today. I was born in the Ivory Coast in mm-hmm. West Africa. My dad brought me here at the age of two. And so from age two, no, from age six to 16, my father was very abusive, um, both physically and emotionally. Um, That looked like um, being beat for the stupidest thing, right? My father was a perfectionist. So Mm -hmm. if I came home with a 95, you know, why didn't you come home with a hundred? It also looked like, you know, you're stupid and dumb, like your mother, like just things, emotional 
um, abuse that I endured for 10 years. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like sometimes the emotional abuse is more hurtful than um, the physical. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, mm-hmm. it, in my experience, emotional abuse, it's these are things, these are seeds that are being planted in someone's head that they're operating from. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the so bad. I tried to commit suicide when I was 13. Then when I was 16, my father tried to take my life. And to be honest, I wasn't surprised. That morning came for me. It was like, oh, you're finally going to take me out of my misery, right? I can Mm -hmm. finally um, escape this hell I call my life. But by the grace of God, I was able to survive that morning and literally ran into the foster care system. So foster care literally saved my life and for that i'm always i will always be grateful and which is why i'm so passionate about creating change within the foster care system through various organizations that i support um it took a long time to come to a place of peace and Mm -hmm. acceptance around what happened to me it didn't happen overnight Mm -hmm. um entering the system i was a bit angry for lack of a better word right i don't even think I can't even think of a word to describe the feelings or emotion, but we'll, we'll go with angry for now. Mm-hmm. And I was running. I just wanted to run. I wanted to run away from the pain. I wanted to run away from the memories, how it made me feel. But as that saying goes, you can run, but you can't hide. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was age 24 when I started to take on the search of my biological mother that everything just came crashing down, right? Everything that I was running from, everything that I didn't want to feel just came tumbling down and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm. And so I had a mental breakdown. I had a mental breakdown and I found myself finding, taking that step to find a, a, a therapist, which was one of the hardest things for me to do because I was raised to believe that therapists were the enemy. They were the devil <laughs> that, that you just, it's just something you just don't do. Right. And so here I am on the verge of a mental breakdown and I have no choice. Right. Usually when you're down, there's nowhere else but to go, but up. Right. Mm-hmm. So that started the journey of finding support around the issues that I, you know, was running from things that I needed to sort through. And then in 2011, a friend of mine had shared about transformational work, right? Through this organization, amazing organization called Momentum Education, where I started the journey of kind of peeling the layers of my story, peeling Mm -hmm. the layers of who I am, right? And so through this transformational experience, I was able to kind of have a different perspective of my life experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And be able to have a different narrative around what happens. It's also what led me on my spiritual journey, right? So I was raised Catholic, um, but to be honest, those <laughs> beliefs, that system just doesn't work for me anymore. Um, if someone were to be like, well, what, what are you? Are you Catholic? Are you, are you, you know, what? What religion? I don't, I don't, religion doesn't resonate with me. I feel like I'm just, I'm on a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. I am spiritual, right? And so having that understanding of who I am now, right? Well, 2011, who I was becoming, mm-hmm. supported me in having a different understanding of my story, right? So I finally realized that what happened to me, it didn't happen to me. It actually happened for me, right? 
and it was it was part of the journey it was part of what has me or has contributed to who I am today mm-hmm. right so I love transformational work because I know what it has done in my life and what it creates in other people's lives right um, the awareness, the the breakthroughs, the aha moments, the, oh, okay, well, I can see this differently, right? But even inside of that, that's a choice. You have to be able to choose to be able to see something different. I didn't realize the power of choice until I started doing these workshops and realized I was actually choosing to be angry at my dad. I was choosing pain. I, and it's it may sound crazy to someone where you're like, well, how am I choosing that? You are. It's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. And choosing not to choose is also a choice right yep and so it goes i always have to bring myself back to okay well what am i choosing in this moment right not realizing for so many years that i was operating out of the space of being a victim and yeah i was a victim of choices that were made right but i myself i am not a victim i do not want to come from this space of poor me look at me this happened and so i'm just going to give up Right. Mm-hmm. I want to come from more of a space of, okay, well, this happened for me. And how do I use this to be in contribution to others? How do I use this to support other people on their journey or people who have similar experiences? And so many questions that come to mind from everything that you just shared. And the, the first one that I have is you described some of the instances that you've had with your father when you were younger. And it sounds like as part of the transformational work that you've done through this program, it allowed you to kind of reframe your narrative in a different view. How did you come to a point where you, have you forgiven him for everything that he's done? Yes. Okay. And I can honestly say that for the first time. And I, and I mean it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it took, it took a long time. I've, I've learned in my experience Forgiveness is like an onion mm-hmm. and there are different layers to forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? And I never thought I would come to a place of peace where I can say, yeah, I forgive my dad and actually mean it. I've said it before in the past and there was, you know, this energy around it where I was still holding on to something. But I have to also remember, right, people do the best they can with what they have at their level of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same token, my father did to me what was done to him, except he didn't do the work to avoid me having to have the similar experience, right? Mm-hmm. We forget that our parents, they're, they're our parents, yes, but they're also people. They're flawed. Human beings just like they us. Have... Exactly, exactly. And so that supported me in my journey with like, okay, well, you know what? He did the best he could. And he did what was done to him, and he didn't do the work to avoid me having any type of similar experience. How can I be mad at that? Mm-hmm. Right? Because people ask all the time, well, how could you forgive him? He tried to kill you. Yeah, I get that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm still here, right? <laughs> and I'm able to use my story to um, inspire others, to support others, and... I don't want to hold on to the anger. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't serve me. Yeah. It doesn't help you move forward with your story. Do you remember one of the exactly. first, do you remember one of the first times when 
you you were able to share your story because I'm assuming just like the experience that I've had is that it, it takes so many different touch points from so many different people before you can actually step into your own and say, okay, these are the things that happened to me. And also understanding which elements do you share. That's also a critical part because what I've learned throughout a lot of this work is that because a lot of us have gone through a lot of different forms of traumatic experiences is that that's the place we want to start with because oftentimes that's the place that has hurt us the most. In in your right. case, was that any different or similar? And do you remember like who was there and and what type of role did that person play just in case anyone else is listening who might be in a position where they have a friend who has gone through similar experiences like what what type of role can they play for someone else of, of that particular background? To be honest, I it's funny, I was open about my story with mm-hmm. friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same token, there was also, I had a lot of shame around what had happened because I thought that it was my fault, that I had done something wrong, right? And so I think as I started doing this transformational work and the spiritual work, I came to realize I had nothing to be ashamed of, mm-hmm. right? I, I didn't do anything wrong. And... In 2014, when I, I co-wrote my first book, um, The Art of Activation, right? Mm-hmm. So that was big for so many reasons because it mm-hmm. was, this is my story. I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. I can't take it back, right? Yeah. <laughs> what you write, you put it out there, it's out there, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that was the first time where I owned my story and I shared it with the world. And I... I just, I owned it. It was like, this is, this is my story. I'm sharing it and I'm proud of it. But for someone who is, someone who may have a friend who has experienced some type of trauma, I would say to just meet them where they're at, Mm -hmm. right? Meaning people may not be ready to share, right? Mm-hmm. They may never be ready to share. At the end of the day, that's their choice. And right? that's okay. Yeah. People don't get to... Exactly, and that's okay. Because one thing I remember hating when I was in foster care is people making decisions for my life, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, it, it's my life. <laughs> I want to be able to make the decisions for myself. And I'm grateful that I had a group of people, a group of friends around me that were just like, okay, like, fine you know you want to talk about it great you don't want to talk about it fine right there'd be times where i would go over to a friend's house and literally i would just be in the corner and we'd just be watching tv we wouldn't say anything (laughs) (laughs) and i was so grateful that they just allowed me the space to just be Mm -hmm. and if and when i was ready to open up i had that choice right but let's 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 be real 16 17 years of age no one's talking about their feelings and <laughs> how they feel and being vulnerable. You're young. You think you know it all. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I didn't really have that issue, but I knew that I had a great support system that was available to me if I needed to have these conversations or if I chose to, I don't know, shed a tear or two, you know, because I, I think the abuse had wired me where mm-hmm. I was on automatic and I didn't want to want to touch me. I didn't cry. I didn't exhibit any type of emotions. Like I would have friends who would ask like, are you human? Like, <laughs> do you ever cry? Do you ever? And it's like, 
I had been, it was the programming because of the abuse, you know? Mm -hmm. You speak a lot about, and at the beginning of it all, you said how there's the component of emotional and physical abuse. And I do agree with you as far as the, the emotional emotional one oftentimes has a longer lifetime because I think it's, you know, it's, it stays with us. The physical, the bruises and stuff Absolutely. after a while, they go away, but the emotional part, it's, it, it's all in your mind. And so it all comes down to like, well, how do I deal with those thoughts? And as I'm sure you can recall, we experience thousands and thousands of thoughts, even during this conversation alone. And so it's like, how do you, how do you process them? What have you done as far as anything that has worked on your end when you might have some of those thoughts that might be triggered by watching a movie of a similar experience or whatever else? And how do you, how do you work through that? So it goes back to um, the work, right? Uh -huh. Like the inner work for me. Um, I would say I've had to really be aware of, okay, well, what's coming up for me, right? What is mm -hmm. this thought that's coming up? Is it a fact or is it a belief, right? Mm -hmm. And really taking inventory of facts versus beliefs that I was holding on to, stories that I had been holding on to. For example, um, being told you're stupid and dumb like your mother every day. At some point, I actually thought I was stupid, mm -hmm. right? And I remember, I remember putting off math in college because... I just wasn't getting it, and these old beliefs were coming back, telling me that I was stupid. Mm -hmm. And literally, I waited to like the last semester to finally <laughs> take the class that I needed. Um, I went to tutoring. Um, like I, I worked through it, right? Because I had to, I had to check in and be like, where is this coming from, right? Because here's the thing: sometimes we have these beliefs about ourselves or stories that we've made up that we're operating from that we don't even know that where it's operating from, right? Mm -hmm. So it goes back to what you don't know that you don't know, that you don't even know you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I love transformational work. Because it gets down to the skinny of that. It gets down to, well, what's coming up for me right now, right? Where is this coming from? Why am I operating this way? Um, and I've had to do work, and I'm still doing the work around that, to be, to be aware of like what narrative is playing in my mind. And then ask myself, well, Am I stupid? Can I do this? Is this true? Is this not? And kind of just working through that. Um, and having grace and patience with myself inside of that, right? Because here's the thing. Trauma is real, mm -hmm. right? Like, real, real. <laughs> and there's a lot of different components. And it it takes time to kind of really, like, get back to who we are, right? So my philosophy is no matter what type of trauma you've been through it is a way to kind of so as I was I think I was um filling out the questionnaire and I forgot one of the questions that you asked and I and a thought came to me and it's like some to the effect of this is what came to me in the moment our trauma is not what defines us mm -hmm. it's what prepares us for the person that we're meant to be, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So underneath trauma, there's love, our true essence, who we are, all of us in the world. That's who we are created. That's who we are. The trauma will kind of mask that for a while, right? It'll hide that maybe, 
But as you're doing the work, I feel like we're going to return back to who we are, mm-hmm. which is love, right? Um, or there's another saying of... I never thought about it that way. Home. That's very interesting. Because think about it. The trauma will have you um, self-hatred, loathing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'll be all these negative emotions that are not who you are. Mm-hmm. At the core of who we are is love. Hmm. You're right, and and depending on each person, the traumatic experience is going to be different. Therefore, the level of love and the type of love that's going to be required for that individual is going to be different from one person to another. Exactly. And that's mm-hmm. so. As part of it, I think what's also interesting to note within what you just said is that instead of seeking out for external validation when it comes to concepts such as love from other people it all it always goes back to you how do you view love you know how do you experience it and working through the traumatic experiences may actually help you get to that answer and getting back to at the end of the day it's like yes um, we want to be loved by others, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to love ourselves first, right? Because I remember my second foster mother, um, she was amazing. She was amazing. She, I mean, man, we used to get into it, right? <laughs> <laughs> we would fight, um, but she never came up on me. And I remember thinking, well, why does she love me, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why do you love me? Why are you still? I didn't know how to receive and be open to her love because I didn't love myself, mm. Right. And so at the end of the day, once we get to a place where we can accept ourselves and love ourselves, it'll be easy to be open to receive the love that others have for us. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about yourself from this whole journey? Man, that I'm strong, <laughs> that I'm, I'm stronger than I thought I was, um, that despite everything that has happened, like life is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, you know, there's stress, there's things that maybe not working out. And even when we think it's not working out, it actually is working out, right? In some way or like, another. Like, we're yeah. always where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So despite all the traumatic experiences, like I'm just excited about life. And I've learned that everything happens for you, right? It happens for you, not to you. And that we're all connected in some form or fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are all connected. We are all here to serve. We are all here to make the world a better place with our gifts, right? And how awesome is that? It's pretty incredible to be to be able to experience that. I've actually had similar thoughts recently where I looked at life and despite of all the adversity and things that I've experienced, which I believe all of us do on a daily basis, I just remember taking a step back from everything, putting all, all the work down and just repeating, life is beautiful. Like it really is. This whole journey, it's incredible. The fact that we're able to even breathe. And I mean, when you really break down what you are capable of as a human being, not even in terms of going out there and working, but just sitting here, having a conversation, being able to understand each other 
And, and then as part of that, also just looking at our bodies and how they operate. I mean, think of all the cells right now that are firing within you that if one of them stops, it changes the way you're able to operate and think right. and beliefs and values. So it life life is beautiful, I think, at the end of the day. And, and I think the adversities and the challenges are meant to be there and will always be there as long as you continue to push and grow because right. you're stepping into the unknown. You don't know how to do the particular task. Therefore, the only thing you should expect is learning the the process of learning how to achieve x y and z final thought for today's episode and this is a this is a question that i ask all of our guests that come onto the show who or what are you grateful for today Mm. who or what am i grateful for the grace of god because I feel like that is why I am here, breathing, living life, um, my creator. Mm-hmm. I know I know for a fact in my being that God is the reason why I was able to escape that morning. Because mm. for me, for me, there's no there's no other answer, mm-hmm. right? There's no other answer. There's no other. It's I'm clear. God is the reason why I was able to escape that morning and place myself in the foster care system. And I'm grateful for that in this moment. Um, because I, I that wasn't always the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a time where I was like, oh, I'm mad at God. I'm going to divorce God. We're going we're, we're to separate right now, right? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll get back to you later. Um, but in this moment... I am I'm grateful for the grace of God because whether it's that situation or even as I'm still in the process of my work, my inner work, mm-hmm. um, the grace of God is what always brings me back to help me to ground myself. Mm-hmm. Pamela, how do people find you? And, Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, and um, amazing, the amazing friends and family that have um, that have raised me, people who don't even realize they helped raise me, that were part of my village. I'm grateful for the love and support, too. Mm-hmm. Are you able to, or have you had a chance to go kind of back in time and appreciate some of the people within your life who has had, who have had an influence on oh, you? Absolutely. That's amazing. Absolutely. Even if they, even if we're not connected, at some point it may have been. A thank you card. Maybe I was graduating or something was going on. I thought of a person and I just felt the need to just reach out and say, hey, you know what? Um, your kindness at the time meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. That's so important to do that. I've I've learned over time that the more grateful you can become, you, it, it just changes your makeup. It changes how you, you talk to other people. And I've noticed that once I started that particular practice of thank you cards and just expressing it whenever it came to to my mind it it changed who i was entirely um i think it changes your tone it changes your thought pattern Mm -hmm. and it it changes your language the words that you use just that you mentioned we have a choice as far as i think we have a choice in a lot of different things and especially in areas that we think we don't have a choice there's always a choice right 
especially the like language. I think sometimes we think that oh, these were the words that were within us, and I just I'm gonna use them. But no, you have a choice whether or not you actually say them out loud or not. Right. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you have coming up, and what are some of the ways that people can involve get involved with your work? So actually, it's funny you mentioned it because I was thinking about um, doing a YouTube channel, starting a YouTube channel to kind of just share my story mm-hmm. and share experiences and lessons. Because when I was in the foster care system, I didn't feel like there was anyone that I could connect to. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like there was anyone that really knew what I was going through, right? And mm-hmm. at that time, you know, I, I was a victim. So it's like, you need to feel my pain, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. if you, you just don't understand. And so I'm grateful to have been able to overcome that situation, that period of my life, and be able to um, have a positive perspective, right? And have all these lessons and amazing things that I've learned, and I want to share it with other people. So I am creating my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the interim, for now, you know, people can find me on Instagram, P J Pamela J. Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, if they connect, learn more about what I'm up to. Um, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for sharing your journey. And as you said, uh, we'll post the different ways that people can get, connect with you in our show notes. So for those who are interested, please reach out to Pamela and learn more about her story and the things that she's doing. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next week.